0: welcome back to the pcs podcast your home for all things competitive pokemon on today's episodes we we have a special guest the one and only justin basil we're also going to jump into a metashare study an interview with our special guest justin basil a card spotlight and how to prep for local cp events uh, by now, if you can't tell, it's I'm not your normal host, Drew. Instead, it's me, Justin, taking over the show this week. Uh, Drew couldn't be with us to record today because he lost his voice after uh, completely destroying a cup this weekend. Uh, he won the whole event. Um, I was actually hoping he'd be on to be able to tell us about that, but uh, I promise I'll try to fin- fill his shoes as best as to my abilities. Um, my first time recording, so uh, if I stutter a little bit or get a little you know, microphone shy, I apologize, guys. Um, but anyways, as I mentioned in the intro, we have a special guest, Justin Basil. How's your week been, man?
1: Yeah, it's been great. I just, uh, I had a, a league challenge that I ran on Saturday. It was 48 people. Wow. Um, it does make me a little con- a little concerned about my cup coming up. Uh, <laughs> I have a feeling our store is going to reach capacity on that one. Um, but yeah, 48 people for a league challenge. Pretty,
0: pretty big. Yeah, that's massive. Um, I mean, I biggest cup I've been to so far this season was like 20 something. And I thought that was a lot for a challenge. So yeah, if you're getting 48 for a challenge, I can only imagine what your cup's going to be.
1: Yeah, I think we'll probably hit 60 pretty easily. Uh, we'll have people coming from all over. And then I know it's gonna be pretty big on top of that because we have a cup the day prior and a cup the day after. So there's going to be people coming down from all over for uh, the Triple Cup weekend.
0: Yeah, those that seems to be a big thing going on lately is uh, you know the I forget what they call them, like marathon weekends and stuff like that. Uh, there's a there's actually a challenge marathon going on this week. Um, there's literally a challenge Monday through Thursday going on every night at different stores so uh unfortunately i can't make any of those because my wife is out of town for a work conference um and i'm on 100 percent baby duty this week so it's uh it's kind of sad to miss that but uh you know it is what it is when you're a dad sometimes mm-hmm. um as far as uh, my weekend went though uh i went to a cup as well i started out 3-0 um and proceeded to uh just absolutely lose out from there unfortunately i uh I lost game four, um, and it was pretty, just, that was an even game, but then my game five, all I needed to do was win that game, and I was guaranteed into top cut, and I grabbed the absolute wrong card on Starbirth, which was a complete rookie mistake, I literally grabbed my two cards that I thought were the right two cards, put them down, and saved time, I ultra balled, shuffled my deck, uh, after the ultra ball, and I went to go pick my two cards that were face down on the table, and I was like, that's, that's not the double turbo that I meant to grab, and, uh. Proceeded to not have a response and lose the game from there, unfortunately.
1: It's for the sake of the viewers, or listeners rather, uh, what deck were you playing? Uh,
0: so I was playing Arc uh, Dura Umbreon, um, and okay. I, I with a lot of hot techs in there, um, True actually won his cup with Arc Dura Umbreon as well. His was a super consistent, straightforward list. Mine was like super teched out with Squawk ability for the early turn one, uh, Metacham to do some Yoga Loop nonsense, uh, just all kinds of uh, fun techs in there, and, I, and they really worked out for me uh, in the matches I did win. But yeah, that round five was just like rough because then round six it was a it was a clear cut for top eight. Literally all the top four tables just ID'd and they were all guaranteed in top eight. So um, I didn't even play my round six once I saw the standings before the round started because I was like, I can drive home and see my kid before uh, she goes to bed. So
1: yeah, that's that's unfortunate, but it, it happens.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But uh, with that, we did have uh, an event this weekend actually. Um, We'll jump right into our Metashare study. That event was the Asia EN Open. Um, It had 322 players. Uh, What won the whole thing? Uh, We got Mew Meloetta on top. Good old Mew. Crazy. Um, I don't have a deck list. I actually did not uh, see the list for this somewhere. I'm sure it's floating around, but um, a deck that, you know, going into the last few events of the season was a deck we saw topping all these major events, and to see it still in the new season uh, with a first-place finish, uh, the first major event of the new season. Uh, I believe this is in the new season, actually. I could be wrong, um, but I think yeah. it is. Um, it's just, it's crazy. Still, still holding on. Uh, why do you think that is? So, I mean, it's
1: kind of like Picarom. Um, I don't think it's going to actually die until it rotates. It's just one of those decks that will keep adapting and overcoming every little challenge that gets thrown its way. Um, it that's just how me works. It it does not care. Uh, every silver bullet that the creatures designs for the deck, uh, it just proves that it's it's an aluminum bullet. It's not going to do the job.
0: Yeah, it's wild how like they they keep printing these cards that we keep saying as players like, oh, this will finally be the death of new v max and it's just it keeps coming back i mean it's kind of wild to me uh one of the things too that we you know we talked about just a minute ago is uh all the arc Dura umbreons and in this entire top 16 list i don't see a single one of those uh for a deck that supposedly is so good on so many people's radar right now uh it's not here whatsoever um why do you think that might be
1: you know i'm not sure it's Arctur Umbreon is kind of one of those things where it's a meta call, right? Where it can be really, really good based on the meta, or it could be just a no-show. And it looks like for, at least with Asia Open, it was a, a no-show. What I would like to point out, though, because there's two very unique things in this list, in this top 16. There's two different versions of Maraidon in top 16.
0: Yeah, I saw that. And uh, ever since Chen Pao came out, the, uh, the blue Maridon... Um, we kind of see we've seen Maridon not really make a showing and the fact that it's back with two finishes um, it's pretty interesting actually and we see one of them is the the Flaffy box version and the other looks like it might just be straight Maridon I almost wonder if that's like with the Regileckis that we saw kind of early on or if it's just maybe pure Maridon nothing really else to it Um, yeah kind of something that is out of left field for me
1: yeah, and then, and I'm sure you're seeing this too, but uh, that that Reggie gigus.
0: Yeah, I actually cannot wait to see the uh, list for that surface because uh, pre rotation, um, everyone that listens to the podcast knows I was a big Reggie fan. Um, so the fact that there's a potential that it comes back and actually a um, competitively viable version of it, I'm all in, hundred percent. I will totally try to make it work at a challenge and you know, then go, how did this guy make a eleventh place finish with or sorry, twelfth place finish with this deck out of three hundred and twenty two players because I just scrubbed out in last place. Right. And and if you have smaller challenges near you, that's that's definitely a deck
1: you wanna say, Hey, let's have some fun with
0: Yeah, that'll be the one that I take to the uh the shop that only like five people show up to for a challenge. I'll be like, all right, time to run the tables <laughs> As is the five five people showing up. To there, the shop. There's That's not crazy. yeah. There's there's no shops like that around me by any means. But I I would I would try.
1: <laughs> yeah, as we're saying, I was just like I I can't think of any places near me that are that small. Our our community here in San Antonio is really quite big. We have we have like at least one, if not two, shops running Pokemon events every
0: single day. And some days it's like even three or four. That's amazing. Yeah, the kind of the same here for Central Florida. We um. I'm right between Tampa and Orlando, so it's like there's stuff within a forty minute driving distance every single night of the week multiple places if you're willing to drive of course and uh I mean even uh the challenge I talked about last week where I had my dental work I went to, and I was just like it was a small town. I was like okay no one no one big's gonna show up. it's a rainy Monday night and that's why I went with after having some dental work, and of course, like a couple of the big big names from Orlando drove forty five minutes for a challenge on a rainy Monday night I'm like can't catch a break. Um, but it was fun. It was, it was still fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, local
0: events are always fun. They are. They are. I I. I just really do enjoy them. My, my competitive side seems to take over sometimes, but when I get back and just play a, an absolute like fun deck like I'm hoping this Reggie deck will be, that's when I really enjoy it the most. For sure. Um, next up, we're going to jump into the uh, top decks, actually, that's presented by uh, you, Justin Basil. Um, it is I know, we, uh, we want to thank you for doing these for us um, I mean, or for everyone uh, This is something we use on the podcast pretty much on a weekly basis um, It's just amazing to see all these top decks in a tier list like this uh, So without further ado, uh, in the tier 1 list we have uh, Giratina V-Star with Comfy We have Lost Box of the Radiant Greninja uh, Giratina V-Star with Arceus V-Star so, two different Giratina decks in the Tier 1 list. Uh, going down in the Tier 2 list, we have Lugia V-Star, Pao EX, and then in the Tier 3, we have Gardevoir EX, which has come down quite a bit from where it was just a few short weeks ago. Um, the Mew VMAX with uh, Meluetta, which is pretty low, I'd say, for the finishes we were seeing for it, and then that Duraludon VMAX with Arceus V-Star uh, down in the 8th place spots. Um, with a lot of major events not happening uh, at the moment, other than in-person like Leagues, Cups, and Challenges, uh, what do we think the meta will look like for Worlds? Uh, it seems that Lost Zone Guillotina, a deck that most people wrote off months ago, is seeing a surge in play online as well as winning a lot of uh, in-person League Cups, um, at least from what we're seeing on Twitter. Um, and do we think that deck is is much better now?
1: I think it's more that the the meta is just right for it. People have seen what it can do at local events. They've seen, you know, what Arceus Giratina did at NAIC. Even though it didn't place especially well, it did still place. Uh, and so they're they're kind of considering Giratina again. Uh, and then, of course, well, like like we've been saying, recently with online events and with Cups now, Giratina's just been slowly crawling up the last few weeks. And that's why it finally hit number one this week. Now, it's only got like a, a 0.2% lead over Lost Box. But it did, it did manage to take that spot.
0: Yeah, I feel like um, I gotta agree with that. Lost like any kind of Lost Box version deck is a really high skill cap deck. Um, but the fact that uh, the Giratina versions of these Lost Box decks, they can actually hit the big numbers that are needed for uh, you know some of these bigger swinging decks like Arceus decks, like Lugia decks, like Chen Pao. Um, I feel like that was the only the only downside to uh, a lot of Lost Box versions of decks was. Outside of the turbo version, where you're putting, you know, a Dragonite V on the field or something like that, it didn't really have a lot of um, hitting power. You couldn't really one-shot things, whereas the Giratina version can, and I think that's the answer that uh, that it needed realistically, because so many people were starting to play around the Lost Box decks, where they're, you know, uh, playing Collapse Stadium to get rid of something that's heavily damaged with a bunch of Sableye damage counters on it. Um, and kind of messing up that math, whereas now you're not even really having to worry about that too much because it's just going to get knocked out altogether in one shot. Um, as well as, you know, if it does go against something that it can't one-shot, it can just delete it right off the board, which is a huge advantage. Another couple of
1: advantages that Giratina V-Star has with the Lost Box engine is that it, unlike regular Lost Boxes, does a much better job of just playing off the board so Lost Box can be very vulnerable to disruption, right? You get hit by a Judge, you get hit by a Iono. Especially late game, that can be game-ending if you haven't been able to set up for it or prepare your deck for it. But Giratina says, I have stuff on board. I don't really care that you've disrupted me. I'll draw when I want to. And that that ends up making for a much more stable late game.
0: Yeah, exactly. And something else that I've seen, at least a lot of the the list I've seen locally at Cups and Challenges, are um, the fact that it it's not relying on like a... Uh, poke a stop or anything like that to churn through the deck it can actually play paths as well which really can just disrupt a lot of decks i mean if you can get a path down early on a lugia v star and they don't can't rebuttal then they're not getting their archaeops out if you can do that on a arceus and they can't rebuttal they're not going to get their star birth um shutting down gardevoirs muse i mean it's just being able to do what a lost box does as well as path lock them too. Is just really, really strong, I think. And I, I agree. I think that the meta is right for this deck right now.
1: For sure. We'll see if it remains right here in two, three weeks when Worlds happens. But the meta likes to shift. It it could easily shift back to a Guardi happy meta. It's very interesting to see Guardi solo, but when Geertine is hitting you so hard, it's hard to survive.
0: Yeah, it is kind of crazy. I mean, especially in today's day and age with Pokemon, um, the online space is so you know whenever i first started playing pokemon it was like the the meta only changed after a regional event when deck lists started coming out and then people started adjusting around those lists and now it literally is a weekly if not daily shift you see you know uh shout out to the shuffle squad in the late night but they you know after one of their events happens it's like that's the the online event that people look after and adjust their lists online based on the results of that you know event so um, the fact that there's so much information readily available, the, the meta is just like crazily, crazy changing just so fast.
1: Yeah, the fact that the online events have had such a, a weight on the meta has been a big part of why I've been doing these updates the last several years. It's because people kind of want to see where the meta is going and this is a decent way to kind of capture what is happening in the meta.
0: Yep, exactly. And, and you know that's a perfect transition there. Um, since you've been doing these for the, so long for the past couple of years, we're going to jump right into the, uh, I'd say player profile, but the, the Justin Basil interview. Um, so pretty much let myself and the listeners know, uh, about you, about what got you into doing JustinBasil.com, uh, what motivates you, uh, some of the things you do for the site, just just let us know all things Justin Basil. We, I, I'm very interested to learn. You know, I've used your, um, your MetaShare studies and your website for translations and all kinds of stuff like that for years now. So um, yeah, just spill it all out there for the world.
1: So in the time before COVID, I know it's a distant memory at this point, <laughs> in the time before COVID, uh, when I first started going back to Pokemon League, um, I spent a lot of my time at League helping newer players. Typically, it was helping them, you know, learn how to play the game, or frequently helping them build their first decks. And as a newer player, when you're trying to kind of get started, you're not super interested necessarily in building a meta deck right out of the gate. You want to build something with the cards that you have, the cards that you like. And so, players would would ask, well, "How do I how do I build a deck?" And we started getting fairly big at our league, so I couldn't necessarily always help or go into a lot of detail with everyone that I talked to. So I sat down and I wrote out in Word, I wrote out a um, a, uh, a deck building guide. Uh, it was 60, 70 pages, I think. It was fairly wow. lengthy. Um, but a good chunk of that was like appendices, right? It's like, these are some cards that are useful, these are that kind of thing. Okay. Not yeah. all it was just like, wah. Um, it, it was it was a resource. Um, and I thought, you know, I've, I've made this resource. Let's let's share it because I'm sure there's some other professor, or, or I wasn't a professor at the time, but some other person uh, or group of people at, online that may find this useful. Uh, maybe they'll use it for their local leagues. So I, I threw up a link on Mediafire, and I posted it to Reddit because I was very active on Reddit at the time, and I said, okay, uh, here's a deck building guide. Um, have at it. And immediately I was met with uh this link isn't working for me. I've already maxed up my Media Fire downloads for the month. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> Media Fire. It's I mean it's still technically around, but like it's it's also still a dumpster fire. Um so uh basically I was like oh, yeah it's probably not the greatest, so I'll think about some alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um and I did. I, I uh of course Squarespace loves to advertise all over YouTube, and I'm on YouTube constantly like a junkie. So I, uh, I cre- created at like three in the morning, created a Squarespace site. Literally, it was just a blog, slapped a PDF attachment uh, to that and used that as the way to host the deck building guide for a while. And I updated it on the Reddit and said, here, here you go. And of course, the response to that was, hey, this isn't super mobile friendly, which no, it's not. So, so gradually, I started pulling everything out of the, the PDF and making it a website itself. And then uh, there were other things that I was already doing on Reddit that people enjoyed, and so I was like, well, I'm doing it anyway, I might as well put it on a place where I can maybe format it a little bit better. Um, so I did stuff like the perspective set lists, and pretty much everything else that's on the website at this point has grown out of, of the deck building guide, ultimately.
0: That's awesome. So it, it literally all started as just a, a passion to help players get into the game. Yeah, it, it did.
1: And that's, that's, you can see, kind of see that focus in, in how I do everything with the site too. Everything is, tr- it tries to be very beginner friendly so that people don't feel quite so alienated when they're jumping in. Because it, when you're a newer player or even when you're just trying to get back in after being gone for a while, the, the, the conversation, you're not part of it anymore. So everything's very foreign to you and it can be very difficult to try to jump back in.
0: Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, I know when I jumped back in, it was kind of more of a collecting side. But when I saw there was people actually playing, I showed up with a, like either a theme deck or some just rotated cards in a deck that uh, I, I'm sure like most people did when they went back to their local for the first time. They didn't know about rotation or anything like that. Uh, and you know, and the first thing I did was sat down, and the the local judge was just like, "Yeah, let's uh, let's update this. This card can't be in there. That card can't be in there." And uh, before you knew it, I, I was pretty much uh, buying a whole deck at that point. Yeah, that kind of happens. You get, I've I've had some people come in with their
1: uh, their binder drops, and not every binder drop is created equally. Sometimes they're big time drops. It's like, whew, I had one uh, guy come in with like it's like fifty unique cards, some as oh, wow. far back as base set. I was like, oh, he's playing Sanders and control lists. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I wish it had worked. It, it, it was, it was like no energy, all Pokemon, barely any trainer. It was, it was. And he, and he's an adult. I mean, he, he he had some resources. He could have figured out some basics,
0: but it's just like, oh, these are my cards, and it really doesn't work that way. Unfortunately, <laughs> hey, at least he got in there, right? And that's that's the first step yeah. for a lot of these people. Um, so then. With that, um, obviously you started the website and everything like that, um, and one of the things that you do that I know a lot of people look forward to is the, and you kind of briefly mentioned it, was the um, the set reviews and things like that, or not set reviews, but I guess the set reveals or translations and things like that. Um, what got you interested in doing things like that? Was it more just you wanted to help some of the, the players see that what was coming out or prep for um, future rotations because you also on top of that, um, I know you do some future testing as well too um, kind of get into that a little bit if if you can.
1: So with the set list, it was literally just I'm doing this anyway, I'm gonna put it online that's that's literally what it comes down to okay. um, and people find it useful. so there's that uh, with regard to stuff coming out, um, yes, um, I have some friends over on Fridays and we will test whatever decks might be vaguely interesting in the upcoming sets. And a lot of times it's jank because, you know, (laughs) you see this Vesuquin deck and everybody's like, oh, that's interesting. And then when we actually sit down to play it, it's a pile. Um, Sounds like any time I try to build a deck (laughs) deck by myself. (laughs) Oh, it was... uh, Spoilers for anybody who happens to be planning to watch the bonus video on Wednesday that I've got going up on my YouTube channel, but... Oh, Vespaquin is not good. <laughs> it is just very bad. I will have to make and sure to watch that one. <laughs> yeah, normally the bonus videos are are best of one. Vespaquin got three shots, and the first two shots were not good, especially bad. No, <laughs> I, I have I have seen binder drops from brand new players that functioned better than Vespaquin did. Oh wow! It was it was agonizing. <laughs>
0: Man, so. I know, that's the crazy thing about Pokemon is, uh, you know, the in theory, a lot of these cards should work together, you know, just by reading the text. And then it is crazy how when you go to actually play them, um, it just, how it just, they can flop. And then some other cards are like, these will never work together, and it becomes like BDIF half the time.
1: Yeah, uh, one of my favorite examples of that, actually, and you can go back and look at PokeBeach for a uh, record of this, when Lugia was first revealed, people were like, this card sucks.
0: <laughs> remember that yeah I do I actually people are like oh it's not gonna work and now you know now it's just it's one of those decks I mean it did get a little worse when we lost you know evolution incense and stuff like that but it's still I mean with being a coin flip deck it is still making waves so that's just
1: well, the, yeah that's the thing is it wasn't the coin flip deck at the time I and mean, people
0: knew it yeah. wouldn't be a coin yeah, flip deck yeah exactly it, it, was, it was consistent
1: <laughs> we my—that was one of the very first decks that my my friends and I tested for, um, from Silver Tempest and the very first night it was uh, we tested superior versus lugia and lugia just tore superior apart poor superior and 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 that, that's, that's, before we had even started i had gotten my baseline lists together and i thought this will be fine you know they'll be fairly evenly matched and my my the results were basically oh no, no, they're not evenly matched at all. Superior, and and this is back when we were running a, a pretty very not even pretty very bad list for Lugia, and Lugia was just that that much better.
0: Yeah, I mean, even a bad list for Lugia, I, as much as I liked Superior, whenever it came out, the idea of it, I think even a bad list of most decks could beat Superior.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you know, you, you try everything, and sometimes things work, and sometimes they don't. Uh it's just just the nature of the new decks.
0: Yep, yep. I mean that's that's how it rolls. I, I let the professionals uh build the decks and I just tweak a couple cards from there. For sure. Um so what are some of the other um outside of those, some of the other things that you offer on JustinBasil dot com?
1: Uh, let's see here. So obviously we've got the proxies. So yep. everybody wants to test new stuff, so I have proxies out for basically the more highlighty cards from any set so if the card may see some sort of play generally have a proxy for it up um, it's it's just one of those things where it's like I'm doing this anyway I I'm going to be testing these X so I might as well put the proxy up for everybody else also
0: and that's so for that's, that's a big one. future card or future sets as well too like with obsidian flames and stuff coming out too yeah I do only,
1: I, I, proxies I only do for the future sets okay. so like you can go back to like limitless and grab cards for or images for cards that already exist. This is this is for stuff that's coming out. So like you can right now you can get you know proxy images for Vespaquin, for example. If you feel like um, inflicting pain on yourself, you can get the Vespaquin proxy and you can print it out and you can test it.
0: Awesome, awesome. And then one last thing I wanted to touch on before we move on is something that I thought was pretty cool that we talked about in uh, our group message uh, prepping for this uh, podcast episode. Uh, where did the name Justin Basil come from? Because uh, to my knowledge, uh, up until literally a week ago, I actually thought your name was Justin Basil. No, it's not.
1: So <laughs> it is, uh, it's my Reddit username. So I am a lover of puns, but I'm also a lover of basil. Um, so there's a phrase in English, and pretty much everyone who's an English speaker will be familiar with it uh, just in time, right? Yep. Uh, you change the time to the herb time just in time and then uh swapping a better a better herb and then you have basil and that that little convoluted play on words is how my reddit username came to be and because everything ended up coming out of reddit with what i was doing on reddit that's what ended up ultimately becoming the website's name and and my community name online
0: that's i mean that's a great story it's it's it seems so simple but it's just it's amazing like i i feel like i hear other podcasters and other people literally still refer to you as justin basil because they think same just like me think that's your your name and then whenever you told me that my mind was literally blown i laugh because i'm like i my name being justin you know i've always heard that like oh justin time for this or justin time for that and um, you know, so it just kind of made me laugh. It's like, oh, he literally used that phrase and just changed it up. And it's like, it's perfect. It, it works so great. Yeah. And it's so unique too, at the same time.
1: It's, it's, it's a silly little thing. And like, there's a, there's a, a pizza place here locally in San Antonio that is really, really, really good. And their sauces is, is basil based. Like you can tell there's basil in it. And, uh, I, like I said, I love basil. So of course I love their pizza. Nice. <laughs> just like that's how you have it you just it's the little things that that come out in your usernames and ultimately in your big old website
0: <laughs> you'll have to uh get them to name a like an actual pizza after you like a basil based pizza and nah. stuff like that <laughs> no nah, I, I don't think they're quite quite interested in that they
1: i don't think my pool is big enough for uh, goombas <laughs> to be like yeah we're gonna make a, a justin basil pizza no,
0: hey you never know. know man people are getting sponsored <laughs> by all company, all kinds of companies these days so you never know <laughs> All right, well, uh, that was a, thank you for that interview and everything like that. Um, I hope our listeners learned a lot about you, and I hope if they haven't gone to your site before, um, please, guys, go check this out um, and support Um I know you do have a Patreon um, on there, and there's a bunch of links and stuff on uh, how to support the page. And at the end of the show also, um, I'll have you plug a bunch of that stuff as well too, um, just because, yeah, listeners, um, Justin Basil's website is... is Awesome. It's most players around use it. It's, it's just really good. So um, we'll move on now to the card spotlight. Um, I've, I picked this card just because uh, obviously Drew and I both played uh, this in our decks that we played to Cups this weekend, um, and it's been kind of talked about quite a bit. But uh, I chose Umbreon VMAX from Evolving Skies. Uh, so this card right now is sitting around $18 plus dollars, um, for the cheapest listings on TCG Player. But it was only $8 just a few weeks ago. Um, It kind of like, when it first came out, it was really expensive. And then it just fell off the face of the planet and went pretty cheap. Uh, And now it's expensive again. Um, What makes this card so good? And is it something that you think you should pick up uh, or hold out on and just pick up down the road?
1: Dark Signal is what makes it good. That ability has been good every single time it's been printed in Standard. Um, just being able to get a Gust on Evolution is super, super strong. Now, it having uh, weakness on two very relevant decks at the moment doesn't hurt it either. Uh, you get max Darkness hitting for, for 320 against Gardevoir and against uh, uh, Mew. That's pretty decent, especially because you're going to be one-shotting you with that. It's just... <clears throat> it's And then, then it's a single-strike Pokemon on top of that. So you're going to be throwing single strike energies on there and boosting its damage. It, it's just, it's a little, it's it's just the right place, right time right now. And uh, as for whether or not you should pick it up, I mean, if you plan to play the deck, sure. Um, but I think Arctur Umbreon is probably going to be one of those in and out decks. So you kind of just consider, you know, do I want to be playing this long term? And if you do, then yeah, pick it up. Trade for trade for your Umbreons if you can. Pick them up on TCG Player if you can't. But yeah, I, I would say. If you intend to play the deck, yeah, absolutely pick it up.
0: Yeah, and I guess um, I, I completely skipped on reading the card text, so I'll read that real quick. Um, Umbreon VMAX uh, is evolution from Umbreon V, uh, 310 HP Dark-type Pokemon, the ability Dark Signal that you mentioned. Uh, when you play this Pokemon from your hand to evolve one of your uh, Pokemon during your turn, you may switch one of your opponent's bench Pokemon with their active, so uh, Gusting ability like you mentioned. Uh, max Darkness does 160 for a Dark and 2 colorless. Uh, weakness to Grass and Retreat of 2, no resistance. Um, yeah, I I agree with everything you said. I, I think it just has uh, good numbers on some big decks right now. Um, and the, exactly like you said, the fact that you can throw a, a pretty much a boss's order on an ability and still be able to play a supporter for turn, um, really, really good. And there's not a lot of Grass running around right now either, so you're not having to worry about it getting hit for weakness, which is is really nice. Um, And, yeah, I I agree. I think Arc Dura Umbreon is... is, I don't want to say flavor of the week. I think it's a really good deck. But, I mean, we have even saw in the MetaShare study that it's not really super popular right now. Um, So it is kind of interesting that uh, it is on the rise, but I think the people that are playing it um, are making good showings with it, so that means it's probably going to be... I think it'll stay in the kind of close to twenty dollar range, but it might level back out here in the next week or two once all the people who want to play the deck have them.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably a fair fair assessment. But yeah, it's a very good card. Like G- Lycanroc Rock GX back in the Sun Moon era. Same effects. Also saw tons of play. It's it's just you see an effect like this on a Pokemon, you know it will see play at some
0: point. Yeah, I mean, even if it's just to disrupt, I mean, it's it, it can be a game-changer for you. So, so I, I do think it's a, a really good card, but yeah, I think... I wouldn't say spend $20 on them, but if you've got a bunch of cards that you're, you're looking to trade away and maybe pick one up, maybe do that. Seems good. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, we don't really have a hot topic, but instead I figured we would jump into um, how to prep for locals, since you uh, mentioned that you are a professor um just because uh i guess as a hot topic i've seen a few things on twitter where um, people have gotten game losses for something like a wrong deck list uh, or an error on a deck list or um you know just just different issues sleeve issues whatever it might be um so how do we prep for locals um with professor justin basil and what is some good advice for someone looking to attend their first league cup or challenge
1: so the biggest thing I would say for a League Cup or Challenge uh, is to have your decklist ready ahead of time. Print it off. Use RK9's decklist editor. Get it all ready on RK9 and print it out. Bring it to your League and be done with it. And when you come to your locals for this Cup or Challenge that you're going to, um, show up early. Not just on time. Show up early. Review it. Make sure you didn't make any errors on it. And then you'll have the peace of mind that it's right and turn it in. Um, I had people at my challenge on Saturday having to write their deck lists out in a rush because they had four minutes before the deadline for submission and they made errors. Oof. So if they if they get hit with a random deck check, they're going to get a game loss. Don't be that person. Don't cost yourself the chance at points because you couldn't prepare ahead of time with the deck list. It seems, it seems so obnoxious to suggest that He's like, Oh, I want to make changes last second. It's like, I I understand that, but have something ready ahead of time so that if you don't make changes,
0: you're good to go. And if you show up early enough and you do make changes, it'll be fine. Exactly. I, I will say I'm pretty bad on this one. Um, mainly because my printer at home is currently down, so I have to try to remember to print it out at work uh, beforehand. But I at least make sure I show up with plenty of time beforehand so I can write out a deck list um, and double-check everything. But yeah, I I prefer having them printed out ahead of time as well too because, one, it's a peace of the mind. You know you're not writing it down in a rush and you don't, like you said, miss something. Uh, the cup that we had this last Saturday, there was a few individuals where they had to call them, you know, before the, the tournament even started, go, hey, you wrote this so fast in a rush, I can't read what this says, can you please rewrite it or tell me what it means? Because, uh, you know, it's, it's, people were showing up five, ten minutes before the event started and they had to write a whole deck list out, which is yeah. definitely not enough time. Yeah, and, and
1: even if you cannot print it, write it out, you can grab a sheet of paper somewhere, it's fine. Like, if it's all handwritten on a piece of notebook paper, we can still read that. As a judge, right? It's it's fine, but just have it ready ahead of time. That's that's the biggest thing because that the deck list submission can hold things up more than anything else. Because like at least at least at my locals, and I'm sure a lot of other places are the same way. When you come to register at the table, I am not going to take your registration until you have your deck list and your receipt ready to go because I don't I don't want to get anything mixed up. So you won't be in until your deck list is submitted.
0: And that just helps, like, the, the whole delayed starts, too. I mean, I've been to multiple events where uh, someone is literally holding up the event because they showed up literally two minutes before the round starting, and they go, I just got to write this real quick. I'm here. And then, the, you know, ten minutes later, we're starting ten minutes late, and then there's a long round, and all of a sudden something that should have been a four-hour event turns into a five- or six-hour event because of different delays. And, you know, as much as I love playing Pokemon, I there is a life outside of Pokemon. So if, if we can get events started on time, that's just helps everyone yeah. all around. For sure. And, and, you know, I understand starting like five, 10
1: minutes late, which is about what my league challenge started. It was about 10 minutes late. But <clears throat> like, if you're submitting your deck list after the start time, and I'm sure I'm not the only team that does this, you're late. You will be marked late. Yep. And it, it, that's how it is. And, and like registration, at least at my league, again, it's a whole hour. You have time. Don't be that guy.
0: Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of the events locally for us have actually started doing uh, because so many people show up for them in Central Florida, uh, where there's like a registration time, and then there's a fifteen to thirty minute gap after that registration ends before the tournament starts. And that's just, I honestly feel like that's literally just to make sure people get there in time because um, they're still taking. Like I've seen where they're still taking registrations within that window. But I think it's literally just to go. Hey, we're gonna make it feel like you're gonna be late if you're not here at this time. So they're trying to like buffer that a little bit.
1: Yeah, and 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 that's definitely understandable, because yeah, trying to take late submissions. It's it as a TO, it is.
0: There's almost nothing that irks me more. <laughs> it's very <laughs> frustrating. Um. So what are some other things like? Let's go into. Um, what are some of the things outside of a deck list that a player should bring with them to uh, to an event? Uh, so a fresh set of sleeves, especially if you're going to a cup.
1: True for a challenge too, um, make sure your sleeves are in decent shape for a challenge, but especially for a cup. Um, I know some TOs can get lax about deck checks for challenges. So if y- you may not get hit with a random deck check during a challenge, I still would recommend having a nice set of sleeves for a challenge. Don't Don't get me wrong there. But especially for a cup new sleeves. Just resleeve your deck. Do not risk it. And make sure you're using a trusted brand of sleeves. Um, for me, that is not Dragon Shields. I know there are other <laughs> podcasts that have been sponsored by Dragon Shields. I strongly advise against Dragon Shields at the moment. Uh, their quality control is absolute dog um, excrement. Um, just don't don't, don't go with it. I'm, I'm sorry if you're a, a Dragon Shields fanboy. I was for the longest time. I I can't recommend them at the moment. Um, I can, however, uh, recommend Ultimate Guard's katanas I can recommend the glossy versions of Ultimate Guard's Cortex sleeves, not the mats. I absolutely detest the matte sleeves. Um, but those two in particular are both good. I can also recommend just the standard Ultra Pro sleeves. Uh, Aiden Koos, uh, Regional Champion, uh, he was at our, our cup, I think it was a couple months back, had the just a bog standard ultra pro sleeves and you know what when we did deck check his was the only one that had no issues really in, 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 in top cut his was the only one that had no issues everybody else was running running dragon shields everybody else got hit because they all had deck issue or uh, sleeve issues wow. so just don't don't risk it just get the ultra pros get the katanas get the cortex sleeves and save yourself the headache. And yeah. then, and, and another thing you can do, too, is between rounds, you know, maybe you, you end a couple minutes before time's called or whatever. Or maybe even just while you're waiting between rounds, kind of quickly look over your sleeves. See, maybe there's a little bit of a smudge here or a bent corner there and just swap it out. The, these, these packs come usually with 80 or 100 sleeves. You have a few spares, just swap them. Make Save yourself the headache.
0: Yeah, that's something that I've definitely learned to do. I uh, just started using the bigger deck boxes, like um, the one from like we got from an AIC. Um, it's big enough for your deck, and it has a divider where you can put the excess brand new sleeves on behind the deck, um, and that's been a lifesaver because I have been um, unfortunately running through some dragon shields that I got for like as gifts during Christmas time, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we used to be sponsored by Ultimate Guard here. We're not anymore. Um, I won't get into that. Uh, but we, so since I'm running through these dragon shields, not going to lie, every single box has had some sleeve issues in it so far. And this is like <laughs> the third or fourth box of, uh, Christmas time dragon shields that I got. Um, and it's not like most of the sleeves in there are messed up, but I've definitely had like, out of nowhere, it'll be a brand new pack and I'll shuffle and two sleeves will rip, which is like, it's yeah. brand new. It shouldn't be happening like that.
1: Yeah. I had, uh, part of the thing that got me absolutely peeved off with dragon shields, is I had a brand new box that I had gotten from one of my friends. I I, I was sleeving a bunch of decks in preparation for testing, I think it was Astral Radiance at the time, and my friend knew that I was almost out of sleeves, so he went to a game store fairly close to me, grabbed some petrol sleeves, which is what I was using at the time, and said, all right, cool, here's your box, have at it. It's like, oh, awesome, cool. So I'm thinking, you know, I've never been to this game store, whatever, they're petrols, they're fine. I sleeve up the deck that we're testing. I don't remember what it was at the moment, but sleeve it up, do a few shuffles, seven splits right off the bat. Seven (laughs) splits. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's not great. Um, And my thinking at first is, oh, these are just very old sleeves. The store doesn't have very good sales probably because I've never heard of them. Uh, Maybe they're just old sleeves. So I kept buying sleeves thinking this was an isolated incident and it wasn't. I kept hitting this over and over and oh, over again. Geez. And uh, I did a video with Nine Card TCG when uh, I, I was testing Bisharp at the time, and I did a video with him, and I split sleeves every single time I shuffled, and it was driving me absolutely crazy. Jeez. Did you highlight that it's in like, the video that you did with Nick? I'm pretty sure Nick cut most of my complaining out. Because <laughs> when, when we were recording, I
0: was going off. I was very frustrated. <laughs> and uh, I'll I'll give a shout out to Nick too. I've seen you do a lot of future testing with him. Uh, we've had him on here before. Um, Nick's a great dude. I got to chat with him for a few at NAIC as well as I actually didn't even mention I got to chat with you uh, too there, which was, was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the sleeve, <laughs> sleeves are a big one for sure. Um, I've, I feel like it's now more of an issue um, because the things have been brought to light and there's been so many sleeve issues. So uh definitely bring there I mean, there have been there have been, D,
1: there have been dqs at regionals because of dragon shield quality control issues yeah and, and you, you don't know,
0: want that to happen to to you i'm not not saying don't buy them but you know if your chance getting dq'd or not uh maybe don't yeah. maybe don't chance it
1: yeah use them use them for your your local testing with your friends yep
0: exactly <laughs> that's a, exactly that's how i feel about it <laughs> bring them to locals but nothing else yeah um, all right, so back into prepping for uh, CP events. Um, we talked about deck lists. We talked about sleeves. Um, is there anything else uh, anyone should know? Um, I would prepping? say the
1: biggest thing. The biggest thing is know the meta of your local area. So, just because, you know, a deck is doing really, really well in general in the meta doesn't mean your locals are the same way. Like, I was talking with some of my locals this morning, and, 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 and for your age division, too. I know not all of your listeners are going to be in the master's division, right? For our juniors division at my local league, and we have a decent-sized juniors division, for example, right now the, the meta is Tinglu and Arceus Giratina. <laughs> that's the meta. Now, that's not really representative of the masters, but if you're a juniors division player, you need to be aware of that because your deck needs to change to adapt, right? Seniors, yeah. same situation, right? You've got some Tinglu, but you've also got Lugia, and you've got Lost Box, and so you need to be aware of what's going around on around you, and the way to know what's going on around you at Locals is to go to Locals. If you're expecting to, to play in a cup or a challenge, maybe, maybe go to Locals every once in a while. Now, obviously, if you're going to one a little bit further away from you, maybe 45 minutes, maybe you won't know quite so much, but as much as possible, figure out what you can about the meta, and and adapt accordingly.
0: Yeah, that's something I've had to learn the hard way personally. Um, whenever I like lately, I've been doing with my limited time to go play Pokemon is a lot of cups and challenges. And whenever I do make an appearance back at locals, I'm bringing my like super meta deck, and a bunch of my locals that I'm friends with are playing like random. I don't want to say piles by any means, but it's like not what you're gonna see at those. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm bringing this deck that I just auto lose to something like a a Lolan Vulpix for some reason that I haven't seen in months or uh, you know I'll just say United Wings but I mean that's kind of known obviously now but just just a bunch of random things that it's like oh I've got a great example for you I've got (laughs) a great example
1: okay so at the challenge on Saturday that I ran one of our players brought Chestnut V oh my gosh and any lost box player that hit them it was an auto loss yeah they punch it once and everything dies tore them apart
0: and it was kind of beautiful to watch, I'm not gonna lie. You gotta love that <laughs> when some guy brings something random or someone brings something random and it just absolutely takes the the room by storm. Yeah, they were like, what the
1: heck is this deck?
0: <laughs> but you know what? It was great. I
1: was like, awesome. Like, I get that you're probably not gonna win it. actually, yeah, this record actually wasn't that bad, but it looks like I okay, get you're not gonna probably not gonna win it. But dude,
0: props to bring something that's interesting. That was uh kind of similar at the i played that challenge a couple of weeks ago. I talked about it on the podcast and the, the one deck that I lost to that ended up not being, you know, obviously the legal deck, but it was a, a Glamora deck. So it was just one of those things where I would knock it out and I kept flipping tails and I'm just like, what the heck? Like, and it was the most frustrating. And the guy was just like, so chill about it. He goes, yeah, that's why I play it. Cause it, it, it makes people frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gotta play, gotta play the memes. Yep. exactly. Um, well, on outside of that, um, one piece of advice I'll add in is um, you know, kind of prep for it in a way, like eat beforehand because not all events guarantee like a lunch break or anything like that. As well as you know, if you are going to a cup, it's going to be a lot longer of a day, so probably pack some snacks in your bag. Um, that's my little bit of two cents advice. Um, I almost always throw like a protein bar and like banana and some a Gatorade in my backpack because. Uh, one, if you're going to a shop you've never been to, you don't know what restaurants might be around there, fast food or anything like that. If you do get a short break, because I have seen many people who decide to leave the store to go get something to eat during their, you know, 30 to an hour long lunch break and they don't make it back in time and they get a round loss or or at least game, game one loss. Um, so that would be my advice is pack snacks unless you know for a fact there's something that is right there or the shop offers stuff
1: yeah like at our at my league we do we only do the breaks for cups yep. and it's it's usually a 30 to 45 minute break and that's literally so we can do a deck check
0: yeah and so that's we, so we deck check the entirety of top cut and if you're thinking 30 minutes to get into a car go drive to a mcdonald's or something even if you're like that i just want fast food mcdonald's uh and then drive back there's very good chance you hit a couple lights you get stuck in traffic and just don't make it back in time so yeah um uh, it's just that's my advice because I've seen multiple people um, have issues at cups and stuff like that.
1: For sure, and then there's always an option like Uber Eats. That way, you're still in the venue and get your food delivered and get it that way. That that's an option too that some of our players take.
0: I have only I've seen that one time. I'm actually now that you say that it would make a lot more sense for people to do that. But uh, maybe people are just wanting to get out of the building for a minute. Who knows? Um, yeah. For me personally, like I already screw myself out of uh top cuts enough so i don't want to like chance it even more so gotcha. um what's any any last bit of advice on this or we think we kind of hit on uh a lot of the stuff
1: i think we've gotten it i think those are the, the big ones like obviously a lot of it's prescriptive right be good to your tos be good to the other players around you don't be the guy that shows the way don't be the person that gets a loss for not not being prepared food wise i think i think that's it's a good good summary of uh, of what to do with, it, with locals.
0: Awesome, yeah. I think I think we did a good job on that one. And then, oh, I think I've, you might have mentioned it, maybe I missed it, but um, bring dice. Don't be the guy that's every round taking dice from your opponent to put them on your own uh, Pokemon for damage yeah, and stuff like that. That's
1: I didn't bring that up, but yeah, that's a good one too. I think I think that's that's true of every player.
0: Just just bring your stuff. Be able yeah. to actually play it. Just be ready. So, yeah. Be prepared to play some Pokemon. Maybe, maybe ring your deck, too, while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, impor- that's pretty important, yeah. Um, all right, so we'll move on. Uh, so for the news, um, not a lot, not really any news other than Obsidian Flames is going to be coming out really soon, um, and I just want to take this uh, uh, opportunity to plug Justin Basil again. Uh, if you want early translations, use www.justinbasil.com for all your translation needs as well as proxies to do some testing. Um, and then with that, we'll move on to listener question. Uh, and unfortunately with that, there is no listener question this week. So um, if you are a listener and you want to write in a question, hit up our Twitter at PCSPod. Um, because I don't want Drew to come back and ask me a bunch of awkward questions again like he's done in the past um, and catch me off guard. <laughs> the, the, yeah, so there's been real, some fun ones. <laughs> real
1: quick, uh, I know we're, we kind of moved on from the news already. I will say we more or less know Obsidian Flames at this point. Um, I think there's one card I haven't confirmed for the set list. Uh, so hit up JustinBizzle.com, hit up the Obsidian Flames Perspective set list. It's it's basically the set list at this point. There's literally one card that's not confirmed. So if you want to know what's in the set, hit it up,
0: see all the translations, and, and get ready to uh, get cooking. Exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be it'll be an interesting set to say the least. I think there's a there's a couple of really good cards, and then a couple <laughs> of fluff or a lot of fluff. Hey.
1: <laughs> it's, it's it. Let's be fair. It's mostly fluff. It's yeah. it's a it's like a fusion strike slash champions
0: path kind of situation
1: where there's maybe a card or two that's interesting and the rest of it's just
0: garbage. There, there's a lot of fluff and a Charizard, so it's a combination of both. Of those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is, is, Charizard is is definitely not the fluff. Charizard is one of the interesting cards. Right.
0: <laughs> that that's going to be the hardest part about. I think that said is, it's going to be a playable card and all the collectors are going to want it. Yep. Yay. (laughs) So be prepared, everyone. Yeah, Brace yourself, Charizard is coming. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have the Patreon uh, Discord update. So we're going to be doing our webcam locals uh, this Thursday, the 27th, uh, and it's going to be standard format at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Prizing is 100 live packs of Paldea Evolved, so... If you're uh, part of the Discord, get ready, um, because I think I should be able to play, and I know Drew should be able to play, and I'm just going to bring something silly this time, I think, and I hope it catches everyone off guard, because I've been playing a lot of meta stuff lately, and I just want to play Chestnut B. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say he's gonna bring chestnut V. That's, that's too good. I might be hitting you up for that list later, Justin. I got.
1: I gotta I got have to. I'm gonna have to fish it out. I actually think uh, I do have it because I should have all the necklaces from
0: the challenge. Oh, uh, be because that's because
1: that's quite that's quite fun.
0: Um, but yeah, if you guys aren't part of the the Patreon, um, just hit us up, join, and uh, we'd love to have you. Um, and with that, that's gonna pretty much wrap up the show. Uh, Justin Basil, this is your opportunity opportunity to plug the show.
1: Alright, so I will plug all my stuff. The easiest way to find me is of course justinbazil.com. Uh if you want to find all my social links, justinbazil.com slash links, that'll get you to my Instagram, to my Twitter. Uh that's where i and uh, that's where I'm most active is Instagram
0: and Twitter. Uh, so if you wanna wanna say hey to me there, that's the best place to do it. Yeah, um and then uh go ahead and Plug your Patreon as well, too. Um, You do such a service for the community. I definitely want to make sure that you plug your Patreon so you, you know, people that might not be supporting you could potentially uh, become Patreon members for you and, you know, help you with your, what you're doing for everyone.
1: Yeah. So if you're interested in supporting me, the the Patreon link is also on that, justinbazel.com slash links. You can grab it there. Um, And then there is also store.justinbazel.com where you can buy merch. So if you want a shirt or a notebook or
0: a mat, like a desk mat, they're, they're
1: all available and they're all awesome.
0: Yeah, I didn't know you had, you had shirts, too. As, um, I might actually have to yep. you know, jump on there right after this pod and grab one. For sure. All right. And then uh, if you guys want to find me on Twitter, my handle is TCG. And if you want to find me on Instagram, my handle is PokeBrews. Uh, Instagram is still the easiest way to reach me currently. Uh, on both socials, though, you can find my Linktree account, where you can find things like my TCG player affiliate link. Uh, if you use that link, any shopping you do directly supports the show and upcoming regionals expenses, all while costing you nothing extra. You can also find things like our PCS podcast official merchandise by Bonfire. That link is bonfire.com slash store slash PCS pod. And then for Drew, if you guys want to give him a follow, uh, his Instagram and Twitter are at katanatcg. Um, I'm sorry you couldn't be here for this episode, um, but he he should be back next week uh, with vengeance probably. Um, And then if you guys want to support our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash PCS podcast. Um, joining there get you entries into the monthly giveaway as well as entries into the pcs locals where you can win things like codes Um, the monthly giveaway uh, we've given away all kinds of stuff cortex sleeves deck boxes hats Um, it changes up pretty much every month i actually don't know what drew has cooking up this month but i'm sure it's pretty cool Um, we did get our pcs dad hats in as well so um, that might be included in there um so yeah check us out guys um and that has been an episode of the pcs podcast justin basil go ahead and uh, sign us off all right have a good one everyone we'll see you guys next week